With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Welcome, race fans, to the Hammer Down Racing Report for Thursday, March 2nd. It is the first show of March. It's crazy. Get rid of that. Oh, wait, I have you muted. Sorry. <laughs> not used Where to not having I? you here in the studio. Yeah. There you are. Scott's got cooties, so I'm... I'm recovering from my cooties, yeah. I, I've been forced to stay away. Cooties 19. Welcome uh, to the to show number 270, as a matter of fact. Oof. Scott Hammer and Ron Miller coming at you live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. From the, uh, well, at least I'm in the John Young racing racing for first responders dave kemmer studio uh still number 174 no uh we we're 174 in apple podcast in australia this past week Ooh. As a matter of fact so the that's because our, we yelled at them last week yeah australian audience uh, stepping it up uh, number 186 in the u.s that's in the leisure automotive <clears throat> category on apple Podcasts. and uh thanks to last week's guest scott melton and his sponsor donna's donuts uh sent uh sent us some donuts they're sitting on my table. I, you have you haven't had a chance to get to have them yet. I haven't had them yet. Is is my son allowed to have some? He he expressed some interest as he was walking out for class. Well, today. well, since uh, yeah, he can have half of them. Okay. You're tonight, tonight on the show, we're going to be speaking with Dustin Jarrett from Flow Racing, Eldora Speedway <laughs> announcer, announcer extraordinaire, um, and uh, yeah, we're going to embarrass him a little bit with the uh, Oakshade uh, celebrity charity race he was in. We're going to see if there's, I'm sure he's had some more embarrassing experiences than that. I love that. that I don't maybe, know. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk to him just a, a little bit. I'm sure you'll recognize his voice uh, if you are a fan of Flow Racing. Um, new Everybody's sponsor a fan of Flow Racing. New sponsor this week. Uh, my brother's not. Well, I guess he's not a fan of Flow Sports because apparently it's a long story. He had a issue. Sorry. It had to do with hockey and Things got messed up, but uh, new sponsor this week. I didn't even tell you about this, Ron. No, no. Um, DCR Graphics has jumped Ooh. on board. Speaking of which, I probably should uh, a little scroll there. There they are. Uh, locally owned and operated, they do full wraps starting at just three hundred fifty dollars. They also specialize in banner stickers, diecast, and T-shirt designs. They can do graphics for any car, any kind of car, sprint cars, late models, modified stock cars, compacts. I'm guessing you could probably do your old grocery getter if uh, you wanted to as well. If it can be measured, they can do the graphics for it. Call or text DCR Graphics at 419-308-9523. You can also check them out on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash DCR Graphics. Are you allowed to say where they're located? Sure. Oh, okay. Well, you you didn't say where they were located. You just well, said call them. Ohio. I don't know exactly. Where. I didn't look okay. that up. I could find out. Um, <clears throat> All right. Dale Cole 
is uh, the guy in charge there. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, contact Freeze Frame Photos for all your racing photo needs from action shots to victory lane. New uh, items they are offering include custom cups uh, for the kids, 20-ounce tumblers, water bottles, and more. Customize them with Freeze Frame Photos. Any uh, photos you like, racing photos, victory lane photos, they can put them on there. Uh, and uh, if you are got a senior in high school, it's time for senior picks. They, they do those as well. Uh, call Charlie, 419-476-9978, Freeze Frame Photo, Special Moments Frozen in Time, and Oakshade Raceway, where the fastest meet to race, oakshaderaceway.com. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to keep up to date as to uh, when that schedule will be coming out. Uh, can tell you, the season opener is coming up Saturday, April 29th with the Sportsman, Superstocks, and the Compacts. Also, thanks to Big D's. We'll be giving away some Big D's pizza a little bit later on the show. Ryan Miller Race Cars and Headhunters Barber Studio and Salon in Perrysburg. Um, how about we uh, we bring Dustin in here? Let's bring Dustin in. All right. Mr. Oh, he's still the, there he is. There I am. There, <laughs> there he is. I'm here. Let's go. Amazing. Let's go. Hey, a shout out to Dale Cole, DCR Graphics, Weston, Ohio. Weston, thank you. Weston, I knew they yes. were around in here. All right. Well, it's uh, the the power of Google is amazing whenever I'm back in the I thought you knew that. It was like your old friends. And me and Dale, we go way back. Ah, me and Dale, we're, you know, we're tight, man. We're tight. <laughs> What's up, fellas? How are we? Doing good. Uh, how are you? Good. Long time no see to both of you. I don't yeah. I don't get up to Northwest Ohio as much as I'd like to anymore. No, no, no. The And I, I first met you when uh, you were doing the announcing at Eldora. And uh, Do you still do some announcing there? I still do the uh, the dream and the world, and then um, this year I'll be back for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. So that their finale, the Dirt Track World Championship, is going to be at Eldora this year. So with with yeah. our relationship at Flow with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, we're streaming all of their events this year. I actually will get to call that race as well. It's a super right. cool deal. Like you know, at the four drivers racing for the championship, $100,000 to win race, $200,000 championship. That's, that's going to be a pretty sweet deal. You know, that's been kind of a, a controversial, or I guess in some people's mind, kind of a controversial uh, championship chase style as opposed to just doing it straight up uh, before they kind of go on after the, uh, the NASCAR model there. I don't know. I, I, I could go either way. It doesn't bother me. They're doing that, but uh, you, you you're looking forward to that then? I, I am. I think it's, uh, you know, here, here's the here's the cool thing about it, right? Take all biases aside and things like that. Two years ago, the winner of the Lucas Oil uh, Championship got $75,000. Fast forward to this year, fifth place is $75,000. So there's, yeah. the, the cool thing about it is there's so much money on the line. Um it, it, Look, we're, we're all race fans, right? We, we come from, we come from a, a breed where, we don't always accept change that well, right? We, we all get stuck in ways. I'm as guilty as anybody. So when something like that comes along, I think it's kind of natural for us to be like, oh man, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, look, when that third week of October rolls around and there's four guys racing for a championship, $200,000 to win the championship, $100,000 to win the race, I think everybody's going to completely forget whether they liked it or not, and they're going to be all in. They're going to they're gonna push every chip out on the table for that one. You, you DJ, think that could... we, were, we were talking a couple of weeks ago uh, about how dirt is is grabbing onto some NASCAR things. How would you feel about a choose column? 
<laughs> I think that would be really cool. Uh, it would, I do too. It would uh, listen. We we uh, and, and we can all say this. Uh, there are there are some drivers that would get it. They would grasp onto it and understand it really quick. There are some that they would they would be sitting in the race car scratching their head saying, "No, wait a minute. What, where do what? I go? Where, what, what, what do I do here?" So, I would love it if if we could get the drivers to understand to understand. Well, it, what, what are you trying to say, Dustin? They don't have not at all, Ron. Not, nothing at all, Ron. Nothing at all. <laughs> the biggest difference is we don't have the the spotters at the local level as you know the NASCAR guys do. So. I think they kind of help with the decision making as as far as that goes, but it, I well, think leave it, it to be, the driver. I think I'm I'm with you, Ron. I think it would be great. It's how just, cool! I mean, how how cool would it be though? Like you got a lockdown racetrack, right? That's maybe you know somewhat one groove on the bottom of the track. You could have like five or six guys all in one line to choose the bottom. The seventh place guy goes around all of them and chooses the outside, and suddenly he's got a chance maybe for a podium finish. Yeah, well, and and the top side, the first lap or so, it. It would. It could be a crapshoot, even if it is locked down on the bottom. Ron, I don't think I've ever seen you run the top side. <laughs> hey, be still now. <laughs> Old guys learn new things. No, you mentioned uh, Mav TV kind of joined with Flow Racing. I mean, was that a, a big deal for you? I know you're excited now because you get to call the the Lucas Oil late model. Uh, races. Yeah, that's it, it. Was huge, man. It really was, and it's um, it's so funny how this sport works, right? Because we've we've got both personal and professional race relationships that we grow close to, and sometimes you drift apart. Not not drift apart in a bad way, but you're just, you're closer to some folks at, at different stages of your life and your career than others. And in this deal, um, you know, th- there was a time where I thought it was going to be really close and it was going to happen, and then there was a time where I thought, man, there's no way it's going to happen. And then, um, really, um, the middle of last year, early to middle of last year, things really started coming together there. And and um, man, it's been it's been great. Not to not to sound like a politician, but I mean, all all seriousness, it's been a really really big deal for Flow. It's cool for me because I get an opportunity to do a few more races. I'm I won't do the entire schedule with Lucas this year, but myself and and my good friend Ben Shelton, we're going to join all of the races that are taped for Mav TV. So it's it's cool. It was uh, it was also really nice to spend about 18 days in Florida in February too. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the weather up here wasn't horrible. So no, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, it uh, definitely could be worse. Although I'm not sure what's happening tomorrow for uh, for Ron at least north of the state line. I think it's supposed to. Yeah, be. and uh, I watched just before we came on, and I just, I don't know, man. It it could get ugly. I'm and working just, from home, so I don't care. Just so. just four or five miles south of here, it's going to be all rain. What's uh What's the next uh, trip for you, Dustin? Where Where are you headed uh, for your next race? So I actually leave in uh, in about two and a half weeks. I'm flying out to California, um, not to call races, but to to um, just to be on site. We have um, a USAC West Coast Midget Race at Bakersfield. Um, a couple nights later, we have actually got a um, uh, the first high limit race of the year. We've got the uh, the Kyle Larson Brad Sweet Series. Their first race of the season is going to be on a Tuesday night at Tulare, California. So I'm going to be out there for that as well. Again, I won't be on the call for that one, but I'll be there just to kind of make sure that everything is kosher. I'm kind of like a fireman, right? Like as long as the blaze isn't too high, my job is my job's pretty easy. Fire starts getting too high. I'm running around with a fire extinguisher all night long, but uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. That'll be two new tracks uh, for me to go to. And then I'll head down to actually the flow racing or flow sports headquarters down in uh, Austin, Texas for a few days. Ooh. 
So are you going to be doing any open wheel stuff this year? I am not. No, Ron. I, I, I was super blessed, man. I had the opportunity to call that very first high limit race last year for Kyle Larson right. and Brad Sweet. And that was uh, that was cool. And, and full disclosure. And, and Scott, you you'll appreciate this. I uh, honest goodness, I put more time and effort into my announcing notes for that race than probably any other race the entire year outside of the Gateway Dirt Nationals, because I mean, I I know those guys, but you. There, and again, Scott, you can relate. And Ron, you can as well. There's yeah. there's knowing guys, and then there's knowing guys to call the race, right? And and mm-hmm. especially with streaming now, when when you're getting, you know, ten plus thousand different subscribers logging in and watching these races, um, you just you want to make sure that you at least sound like you know you know what you're talking about. So, uh, Ron, I, I don't know unless I jump on and and um, you know maybe uh, maybe help Blake Anderson on a uh, on an all star race or two during. Yeah during Ohio Sprint Speed Week um, is probably just going to be late model stuff for me. But, man, we've, we've got so much of that now with Castro Flow Racing Night in America and the two biggies at Eldora. And now these, um, you know, there's there's 12 or 14 of these Lucas Oil races that are taped for TV. Um, that that really and truly takes a big chunk of time out of my schedule. Plus, I got to come home every once in a while and make sure that my wife hasn't changed the locks on the doors or like you know, has has suitcases sitting outside or dog doesn't like rip my leg off up to my shoulder or something. Yeah. Well, with the two major series, there really is no off season anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you throw in um, the Gateway Dirt Nationals, you know, in, in St. Louis, right. Missouri. And then a few weeks after that, we're spending, uh, you know, we're spending about 12 or 14 days in Las Cruces, New Mexico for the Wild West yep. shootout. Speed Weeks happens like a week and a half after that. So they're, they're really, really right now. Um, I, I'm at home for 30 straight days. I think that's my I honestly think that's my biggest break of the entire year. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, streaming of the racing. I mean, when did, when did you get into uh, streaming? You know, um, I did the second race that dirt on dirt ever did live that, and that would have been way back in 2011. I think it was, did they have color back um, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ron remembers when there wasn't color. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. I, uh, yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, production has come, I mean, oh. Leaps and bounds has had, you know, it's come so far over the years. My dad, like, walked in the room, was watching, and was like, is this on a network? <laughs> like, no, no, they do pretty so, good now. So, with sort of, Dad. Yeah. We, so we, uh, listen, we did this. Uh, so we did the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake Speedway. It was one of the very first live stream broadcasts that uh, that, that really and truly um, anyone had ever done at the time. And again, this is 2011. And, um there were some audio issues, right? And, and like now when you have audio issues, it's relatively easy to diagnose. Back then, especially when you're first starting out, I mean, you're just running thousands of feet of cable, right? From a production trailer to the booth and you're checking every auxiliary cord and just you're, you're jiggling every, every cord that you can handle. Well, long story short, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it figured out. Right. And so I, I literally, I stood on top of the press box with a microphone in my hand and was calling the race for the broadcast because we couldn't tap into the PA. Well, that was great up until um, the the NAT sound, what we call the NAT sound, the natural sound of the race cars was drowning out my voice. And so this is, again, this is modern technology at its finest, right? So we took a, uh, we took a, a, um, a cardboard case from a case of Mountain Dew 
and made a funnel out of it and put it on the microphone. I mean, so it's it's yay long and I'm talking into this long funnel <laughs> when I'm announcing so that my voice projects down into it and so that it doesn't pick up as much of the nat sound or the natural sound of the cars. So that was that was one of the first uh, that was one of the first events I did and and yeah, we've come we've come just a little, little way since then. <laughs> Man, nope. the camera the camera work is spectacular anymore. Oh yeah. It's it's um unbelievable how far they've come and I mean it's you know in even the stuff that we're using at this level pales in comparison to what you see at, at you know college basketball or football or NASCAR or, or whatever else, right? I mean there's there and that, that's a true testament to the guys that are running the cameras, right? I mean they they're so good at what they do. Um they're they are on point with what we're talking about. 80 to 85 percent of the time, you know, and, and that's everyone always asks, why can't we get the cameras and the announcers lined up again? I, I think we do a pretty good job of that. And but here's the reason behind that. We'll pull the curtain back a little bit. So when we're calling these races, we're doing two things. I always tell people I have one eye on the racetrack and I have one eye on the monitor in front of me that shows me what the people yep. are seeing. Um, when you do that, uh, there are things on the racetrack that I might see that our camera folks who don't have that same view because they're looking at a viewfinder that's about yay big, right? They may not be able to see something that I see. So I want to make sure that I call that out or vice versa. I might be so locked into a battle for a transfer spot that I, I might miss a battle for the lead that's happening on the track. And they're there to pick that up. So we're pretty accurate again, 80, 85, maybe 90% of the time. But, uh, but to your point, Ron, the camera work is spectacular. And, and that is a true testament to the, to the folks that are doing that. It really is. And if people haven't been streaming any racing uh, because of what they saw 10 years ago, um, they need to take take another look. It's not like it's, a dude with his phone there in the in the stands. It's, yeah, that's a fact. That is that is a fact. It's uh, there's never an exact science to it. Right. Because you, you've got half the people that are saying you need to zoom in more. And the other half of the people are saying, no, zoom back. We want to see more. And, and so uh, you try to you try to do that juggling act of what people want to see. And, and again, that's where that's where it really comes into play. Right. Because our our video team at, at Flow and, and the others are like this as well, you know, whether it's Dirt Vision or whether it's Speed Sport or whoever it is. They're race fans, right? And and I always use I use my wife as a great example. Um, she's a volleyball coach, and and uh, and I I tell folks I could take a video camera and video a volleyball match, right? You you don't necessarily it helps if you know the athletes and the sport, but it's not a necessity. Racing, you can't just put someone on top of a press box that knows video equipment but doesn't know racing because Scott, when when we're announcing, a lot of times we get caught up in just saying. And, and just saying drivers' names, right? Well, if you got someone up top that doesn't know who those drivers are, they're, they're going to be out to lunch. So it, it really and truly is a special skill. For for as much as it takes to to drive a race car on the track or to be in a booth calling a race, I think it takes twice as much skill to operate one of those cameras and, and to keep folks at home abreast as to what's happening. Yeah, and we only see just a few people on the front end of the broadcast. How many, I mean, how big is a crew for a typical event to to uh, to cover? You know, it, it really varies. I mean, we've got some that we can pull off, you know, to, to the point of what we were just talking about with today's technology and everything. There's some that we can pull off with literally just a couple people on site. You know, you, you can have an on site producer, a, a camera person um, and maybe one other. And, and that's it. Uh, you, you can even have remote producers now. Right. You can have a camera person on site and somebody sitting at home actually, you know, pulling all the 
pulling all the strings to produce it. We do something bigger like a World 100 or a Gateway Dirt Nationals or something like that. Um, th there may be 12, 15 plus people on site to, to handle this. Gateway in particular because you're inside the dome and you're trying to cover so many different aspects from um, the, not just the racing, but the fans and, and you want all the different camera angles of what's happening. You know, we're going to have 20 plus people on site for something like that. I like the, the NASCAR-esque uh, pit reporters. You know, there's, yeah. there's nothing like sticking a microphone in a racer's face after he's just stopped. Well, the, the adrenaline's pen. still going. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are, you know, there are a lot of opinions about that. I, I am one that I'm, Obviously, I'm not shy, right? And, and you guys have both known me for a while now, and, and I have no problem doing that for the exact for the exact reason that you mentioned. You know, I, I want to get that raw emotion, and we're super fortunate. We're in a sport where we have access to the athletes, to the drivers, to do that. You know, not everybody not everybody gets that opportunity. You know, uh, LeBron James goes out and, and throws down a slam dunk or whatever. You can't just go up and stick a microphone in his face. But uh, Shane Clanton, you know, uh, hits a uke tire. It, it you know, at the Wild West shootout and destroys his race car. And we can walk around on the racetrack and put a microphone in front of him and, mm -hmm. and get that raw emotion. And I think that's, I think that's something that, uh, that, that often we take for granted that we have that opportunity. But to your point too, Ron, again, we're, we're really blessed. We've got some, some great folks doing this. My good friend. Well, Vince, and not all racers are, are Charlie Hufford either. <laughs> That's, that's right. That's exactly right. And we got we've we've got Ben Shelton that works with us, who I truly believe is the best pit reporter in the entire business, you know, and he knows not just the drivers, but he knows the right questions to ask at the right times to bring out those raw emotions uh, of the drivers, too. So he knows the wrong things to ask. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so not not to put you on the spot here, but what uh, what do you say to to the folks that are that say that the streaming is hurting local racetracks? You know, that's uh, again, that's a tough balancing act that you try to ride. Right. It, it really and truly is. Um, my biggest thing is, is I look back and it's really hard for me to pinpoint any sport racing or, or anything where streaming has hurt that sport where streaming has, has had a negative effect and driven that sport out of business. Um, on the contrary, you look at things like pro bull riding or arena cross or, um, uh, you know, some the UFC, another great example where those events, a lot of them started off as streaming and then they blew up in, in popularity because of it. Right. Um, you know, when, when your favorite, uh, when your favorite sports team comes to town, you want to go to that event and, and see them play. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan or a Cincinnati Bengals fan or whatever it is. And, and, and you know, racing, I think if we do it right, can have that same effect too. You know, if, if it's done right, we can get people to go to these racetracks and say like, man, I got to get to Oak Shade and watch Rusty Schlenk, or I've got to go see the, the uh, world 100 at Eldora Speedway, you know, um, local racing as a whole, um, as the three of us know, and, and probably a lot of the folks watching as well, it's on a tough spot right now. Right. Um, a there, lot. There's, um, there's not as, there is not as much money floating around, uh, is what there used to be. Um, the cost of everything is going up and that's not a racing issue. That's, that's something that we're all experiencing right now. And, and, uh, and again, to be quite honest, there, um, there are less fish in the pond um, and there are more fishermen, so to speak also. And, and that also, that also adds an element of, of uh, uh, 
diversity to all of this. So you were talking about the Lucas payoffs, but the weekly tracks are in a real tight spot because their expenses have gone up uh, and they have to keep a tight rein on, on what they're charging to get in. So they can't match the, the purses that uh, have just that haven't covered the expenses uh, for the racers. Yeah, it, what's the old adage? If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that, I mean, I, I think of, of racetrack promoting as being at the very top of that list. You know, we, we've probably all seen the meme, the Dr. Seuss meme of the book that says, if I ran a racetrack, right? Yeah. Like, it's oh, very, I... very easy to be to be a Monday morning quarterback in this sport. I, I always tell folks, I've been asked before, hey, Manny, we'd love to have you promote this track, promote this event. And that's that's that will always be a hard pass for me uh, because I, I I've got I've got um, I've got a pretty good group of friends. I'm not in the business to go piss anybody off. Right. I don't. I, I got enough people that don't like me as it is. I don't need any more. I don't need any more people that don't like me. <laughs> so, uh. Through your career, what's uh, what? Who would you say has given you the best to interview? Wow, uh, that's a great question. You know, in in his heyday, Scott Bloomquist always uh, always gave great sound bites. I think that we all know that that's probably low hanging fruit. Um, a few years back, it, we we talked about the uh, USA Nationals at Cedar Lake Speedway. Um, a few years back. Uh, when I was at Cedar Lake, we actually did not have the race live that year. It was the first year that it was on Dirt Vision as part of the World of Outlaws program. Um, that was also the same year that Bobby Pierce and Tyler Erb got together. They had their big on-track incident, and and Bob Pierce ran out on the track, and you know Tyler Erb tried to you know drive away from him and officials. There's a whole lot of things going on. <laughs> Turbo got thrown out. Um, I was there, even though it wasn't live, but I was there and interviewed both Pierce and and uh, Tyler Erb afterwards, and uh, and those are sound bites that. Uh, number one will always stick with me, but number two at the time, and this has been, I think, almost three years ago now, um, that was the most watched clip at, at that time, the most watched clip in the history of Dirt on Dirt and the history of Flow Racing, those two interviews right yeah. there. And so uh, both of them are always really, really good for a, for a soundbiter too, especially Turbo. You just, you never know what the guy's going to say. And he's got that raw emotion that he always wears on his sleeve and, and he's himself, you know, and, and that's something that, uh, that again, we're very fortunate. We get access to, to these drivers uh, right up front, close and personal like that. And, it, and I like it when they're themselves, when they don't have to play the, the political game and they can give you those good sound bites. Is the uh, the Charlie Mefford uh, interview <laughs> from Gateway Dirt National? Is that the top one? Now? Charlie, wait, Charlie is definitely up there for for ones that I've seen. Blake Anderson was actually down in the infield and, and caught that interview, but uh, it's so funny. Someone sent that to me yesterday, and uh, uh, and again, these are things, and you know this, Scott, that you don't realize until after the fact that uh, I, I was watching that clip yesterday. I don't know that I had watched it ever right uh you know since since gateway and i'm watching it and you can hear myself and, and jerry van sickle and ben shelton laughing in the background while, <laughs> while charlie is talking also <laughs> yeah, we had him on the, the show a few weeks ago he is uh definitely he's, a character he's he's a peach man he yeah. is a peach. he's real and, and what yes, what you is. saw in that interview is is really him and again, guys like that, or Tyler Earp, or Kenny Wallace, whoever, when when they could be real like that and and not give the cookie cutter interviews, I I, I love that kind of stuff. And again, uh, you guys know that from what you do, Scott. You know that from an announcing standpoint. It just you, you almost kind of feed off that emotion a little bit. So, what about uh, an embarrassing moment? Would you had any most embarrassing moments? I mean, 
Man, oh, some, something more than the the Mountain Dew cardboard thing with the <laughs> microphone. I uh, I trip over my tongue probably more times than I care to mention. Uh, truth be told, um, one of them was when uh, was when Scott Bloomquist won the uh, the year that 2015. Bloomquist won the Dream at Eldora. It was actually the year he ended up being 25 pounds light at the scales. Oh, yeah. Before that, when he's crossing the line, um, I actually said Scott Bloomquist wins the World 100, but it was the dream. And and so uh, <laughs> that's and not that's too bad, though. I caught it. It's not too bad. And, You're at the right I, track, at least. Right. Yeah. Right track, at least for sure. And, and, and I caught it right when I said it. And of course, you have this oh no moment. And and so uh, I gave this little pause because, again, I kind of know how the process works. And I said. Scott Bloomquist wins his eighth, you know, dirt late model dream. And, and so, and I knew, and our, our, uh, our editing team actually went back in and now every clip you see of that race has that line in it instead of <laughs> when, he, when he actually crossed the stripe. So thank God. And again, Ron talked earlier about how far we've come in streaming. Thank God for the editors or else that would have been, uh, that would have probably been more of a major flub <laughs> than what it was. Dean Henry, one of our listeners here, he's uh keeps mentioning these eating strawberries on the drive home this year. What, what's that? Up? What's that? Up? Oh yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. That, that had to have something to do with Florida. Yeah. So we, um, so one of the, one of the biggest, um, uh, one of the biggest content pieces that flow racing has, and, and this started with dirt on dirt a few years back is something called the drive home. Right. So for the folks that are watching that uh, aren't familiar with it, uh, all it started was uh, Michael Rigsby uh, grabbing his phone putting it up in the uh, in the dash of his car and recording us guys talking on on the way home from from uh, from the race just like just like the three of us would if we were driving home from Oakshade one night sitting around uh, talking and, and bannering and, and everything else so um, this year uh, at the track they uh, thank you thank you Kyle yes the drive home is awesome um, so this year they uh, they gave me a quart of strawberries up in the press box, and uh, of course you know how it is when you're announcing you really don't get a chance to eat or anything else, especially with these you know with these streams being live and everything. So I, and you also know when you're announcing that you have this giant window of time where you just, you can't eat at all, right? Like you just you can't eat anything when you're on the air. So I go from like four in the afternoon until ten o'clock, ten thirty night. I had anything to eat, so I'm, I'm walking out and we get to the car. And I'm like, I am so hungry. Like, we got to stop at Wawa on the way home. I'm starving. I realized, well, I got this quart of strawberries here with me. So I, on the drive home, and, and mind you, this is only like a 15-minute drive from East Bay back to the to the house, the rental house that we're standing. I ate the entire quart of strawberries on the, <laughs> on, on the air, on the drive home, which is, again, on, on you know, YouTube and Facebook and, and all this other stuff as well. And, I mean, we're talking – we're talking big strawberry, these big oh, yeah. juicy Florida strawberries too. I I absolutely annihilated those things on the way home, on the drive home. They didn't stand a chance. <laughs> no suffering afterwards? No suffering afterwards. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I may or may not have washed it down with a little bourbon when I got back to the house. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you mentioned the Gateway Dirt Nationals. I, I'm, I would kind of lean toward that as your answer to this next question, but what is your favorite event to cover? 
Man, that's such a tough call because favorite is such a moving target, and that's not that's not a political. How about, how about, how about what are some of your favorites? How's that? Yeah, they, there's a good one. Gateway is up there. Gateway is also, again, if I'm being very candid, um, is so much work, right? Because you've I got, I mean, this past year we had 140 late models that were pre-entered, and I mean, I'm I'm late model to the bone, man. I mean, I I uh, you know when, when I'm not announcing events, I'm I'm watching at home on Flow, or I'm I'm attending a local race, or I'm going to a new track I've never been to or whatever but when you get 140 entries and you look down through the list and there's about 50 of those guys that you've never even heard of before you are doing everything you possibly can you're getting on facebook you're googling them you're trying to figure out any information that you can you're reaching out to them on facebook or twitter or whatever else to get name pronunciations and accomplishments and correct hometowns and this other stuff so it's um, it's a lot of fun, but man, it's a lot of work too. And and again, this year at Gateway is a great example. Thursday and Friday, super smooth. You know, we're on the air for five, maybe six hours, and that was it. And then you get a night like Saturday where you know guys just kind of lose their mind and they're ripping the fence down and flipping over and everything else. And uh, you're getting caution after caution after caution, and it's. You know, it's one thing when you have cautions at a local track, as you know, Scott, because you can just throw some music on or you can just step mm-hmm. away or let the fans enjoy themselves. But when you've got 10,000 plus people watching at home on a live broadcast, you can only cut to commercial breaks so many times. And so you're just you have to fill dead air. And and then before you know it, you're on the air eight, nine, 10, 11 hours. And uh, and that's you know, that, that could be a challenge at times, too. But to get back to the original question, not to get us too far down a rabbit hole, that's one of my favorites. Um, uh, the Wild West shootout has really become a favorite of mine. Um, Vado Speedway Park in Las Cruces is gorgeous. It's just it, it is um, one of the top three, five facilities in the entire country. What what Royal Jones and his team have done out there is just spectacular. And it's not just a, a, a gorgeous facility, as you guys have maybe seen, has provided some of the best racing that we've seen anywhere all year the last couple of years, too. And so that's that's become one of my favorites. Eldora will always have a special place in my heart, too, right? The world and the dream. I mean, not just are they the two biggest dirt late model events in the entire country, but Eldora, for me, um, really and truly kind of helped propel my career. And, and Tony is still, uh, I consider him a good friend of mind and and uh, that that will always have a special place in my heart too so you mentioned that uh, you're all about dirt late models why, why is that what uh, what's got you gravitated towards uh, dirt late models I, you just don't know any better right <laughs> and, and i say that i say that tongue-in-cheek but uh, i i grew up in and, and now live and have lived for the last several years now in kind of east southeast ohio right and and so um this area that i grew up in um, that was really all that I knew. You know, we, we ran late models weekly at a track that's just a mile down the road from where I live now called St. Clairsville Speedway. Um, we would go there almost every Friday night and and watch guys like Mark Banal and Ty Long and, and drivers like that race late models on Fridays. And then when they closed, um, the next closest tracks to us uh, would have been Pittsburgh, which always ran late models. And then the Zanesville area tracks, R&R Speedway. Ron, did you ever get to go to R&R? In you Zanesville? know, I've never been to R&R. Yeah, it I mean, it's, it's been long closed. It's been closed for a little over 20 years now, but they ran late models weekly, midway. What are you uh, saying, uh, Dustin? Why would I remember something 20 years ago? If I could remember it, I figured you could remember it too. But uh, just south of Zanesville was Midway Speedway in Crooksville, Ohio. They ran late models weekly. And then um, in the early 90s, 92 or 93, uh, the Moran's track, Muskingum County had reopened right. and they ran late models. So all of our local tracks always ran dirt late models. And so I just, 
I didn't know anything else, you know, I mean, that, so that was my life from the time that I was a child, really clear up until um, probably the mid nineties or so when, when, you know, sprint cars and you think back to the mid nineties, that's really when the all-stars kind of started taking off and, you know, Ohio sprint speed week started becoming more popular and everything else, but I'll always be a dirt late model guy. Um, the last few years though, I've really, really taken a liking to IMCA racing, uh, IMCA modifieds, IMCA stock cars out in Iowa and in that area. Um, really just really, really competitive, really good. It, it really has brought the race fan in me back out, um, because they're just, they're so competitive. They're, they're, they're so close and there's so much talent out there and, and the tracks are just so well prepped. These are events where you can still go to them and a guy can come from dead last and win, you know, and, and we just, we still see that in late March. We, we've seen it this year, right? Hudson O'Neill wins Volusia from 23rd a few weeks ago. Or right. We still see that in, in dirt late model racing and in sprint car racing, but it's more frequent with, with IMCA. And again, that, that I'm a race fan at heart, right? Just like you guys are, we're, we're blessed. We get to do what we do, but uh, that has really brought the race fan uh, back out in me watching, watching those guys out there the last did, few years. Did your dad uh, run late models at all? He did not. No, he, uh, he, so he ran a mechanics race one time at R&R Speedway in my, in my uncle's car, uh, and, uh, and won it actually, he, he won the mechanics race. He, uh, he ran a sportsman car for a few years. So he started off in, in street stocks, right. And, and again, we're talking in, in 92, 93. So that was the, uh, you know, the old school bodies they had back then the street socks had the big wide tires on them that made them look really cool. Um, he ran a, a class called Sportsman for one year, which uh, really was not too dissimilar from from the old Oakshade Sportsman rules where they had the right. tires. They had like the, the old um, um, the old stock front clip cars, you know. Yes, sir. That was, again, 99. This would have been probably 95. That's what they had in and around the Zanesville area. So that was as close as he came. Um, he ran a, a stock car, or a street stock bomb or whatever you want to call it. He ran that uh, pretty much um, the rest of his life up until about five years ago, he bought um, what we call the kryptonite house car. It was uh, it was actually one of the first kryptonite modifieds the Carpenters ever built. Uh, Tyler Carpenter took it out and won like eight million races <laughs> the first year <laughs> they had it. He's had that car for the last four or five years now. And uh, he He's got like a checklist of of ten things that he's got to that he's got to check off before he races, right? Like it's got to be above a certain temperature. It can't be below a certain temperature. <laughs> all the grandkids have to be there. You know, if all those boxes get check marked off, he might take the modified out and, and run it then. So how come uh, how come you got into the announcing side as opposed to the racing side? Uh, well, talent first and foremost, <laughs> and, and, and that's even and that's even debatable sometimes, right? Uh, you know, I, I got a face made for radio, actually, so I figure that's uh, uh, that's part of it. But uh, you see me race, Scott, right? Like it's yeah. Uh, I see. It, I have been noticing your note over your shoulder yeah, there. Well, I, I thought that was appropriate. Yeah, I thought that the was the whiteboard. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so, you, you you participated in our. Uh, I think that was the last celebrity charity race we ever did. We brought could the be the down. reason. Yeah, I think it we broke some things. Yeah, I, th- I think you didn't. We, we Other can, people we, did. We can blame uh, we can blame uh, Clay for that, right? Clay Kurtzbauer, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, I think he he uh, tore up. Uh, I think he tried to to take the wall down, and he did. He, he lost. tried to take the wall down. Yeah, he he did. But uh, but again, the guy that led the <laughs> most laps in that race. You know, I just I want to make sure that this is documented on this on the podcast here, right? Okay. Didn't win, didn't win, but led the most laps. <laughs> Wasn't that because where, where, uh, where did he finish? 
I was I got third. I know that. I think oh, okay. Scott. Uh, I think me and Dan remember. Rice wrecked, and I think we got Norm Van Ness in it, and then. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember Norm, Norm, Norm one. I think I finished second. Norm and then, one, you were second, and I was yeah. third. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I, I remember that. Uh, I remember I was just, I was catfishing around the bottom. I was in Carl Spore's car, and I was not going to take that car off the bottom, no matter what. And then, uh, with about three laps to go, uh, you come, you come, kind of, you or or Norm, one of the two come. Actually, I think both of you come ripping around the high side, and I thought. Well, I can keep up with these guys. That's no problem. I gave I gave a little too much gas one time getting off the corner, and it probably felt ten times more sideways than, than what it actually was. And I was like, "Oh no, we, we'll back off of it. We'll we'll just be happy, keep bringing her home in one piece with a podium finish." That was uh, actually I ended up buying that car after. I know you did. Year. I know. Yeah, that was my just first. A, imagine if you would have been in Ron's car. Imagine how I hated I every changed. I hated every minute of that, Scott. Of what? Of when I was in your car. No, 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 we won't even go there. <laughs> All right. I don't whatever. know about you, but that one sure scared me. But did did you have fun, Dustin, in that I had race? A blast. I had an absolute blast, and I would if if the opportunity ever came up again, I would I would absolutely jump on it. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I borrowed a racing suit from John Henry to wear, and it was really cool because it was that his, was the Eldora. Uh, the Eldora it was that's exactly that was awesome. what it was. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had won the Eldora Track Championship the year before and back then, and, and they might still do this. Eldora would give their track champions a brand new race suit and had the giant Eldora logo on it. So I I looked, and I was still announcing at Eldora then. So I looked all Eldora official except for the 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 belt, the, the name thing on the bottom of the belt. It said John Henry on it, and, and he you know he, he was ten times better looking than me. So there was no, there was no way that I was going to fool anybody, both in terms of looks or driving talent. There, a little duct tape would hide that. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, well, look at we we're already offers are already coming ah, in. Ah, yeah, Tim Connor was going to put me in Jordan's car. Yeah. I, look, I, I have, I have a lot, I have a lot of respects for the, a lot of respect for the Conovers. I would never put them in that position. And Andy King has been on me for a long time to race one of his trucks too. So of course I keep seeing that they're all for sale. So I don't, I don't know, like thirty five hundred dollars, I could go race one of them. There you go. I know Jerry uh, Kieser, who uh, has been on the show yes, with us yes. off and on. He he just uh, ended up selling his, and I know he had a, he had a lot of fun in that, especially when he went upside down. <laughs> I can't imagine Jerry being upside down though. Oh boy, not for very long anyway. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to revisit. It's been over ten years, so maybe. Maybe a lot of people people have forgotten. forgotten. Exactly. Maybe it's time. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, So uh, now you you're not you only you not only announce but you're also what the global partnership manager. I I, uh, yeah. What what, uh, what does that mean? It sounds really important, doesn't it? It does. It's actually just a made up title. I you know I'm just kidding. So. I, I am uh, I am basically a middleman for Flow Racing and all of our partnerships, right? So the, the easiest way to put it is, and, and that's my full time job. Announcing is like three percent of of what I do. Um, we sign a rights contract, right? And, and racing rights contracts are are um, not that dissimilar from baseball, football, and other sports right now. There's a there's a series or an event or a track we want the rights to. Or maybe they approach us and say, hey, we'd love to have this event or, or this series on flow racing. 
our our team goes through and they say, okay, well, based on based on this, that, and the other, you know, we feel as though that that we can get this much money out of it, and so we're going to offer you this much money for for the rights. Once we sign that rights deal, I'm basically the next person it goes to, and all I'm trying to do is make sure that all the balls are are staying up in the air that we're juggling, right? I'm I'm getting the the appropriate folks from Flow connected to the appropriate folks with the track or, or with the series. Um, if there's ever an issue, I'm usually the first person it goes to. Nine times out of 10, I don't have an answer for what for what has gone wrong or, or what the issue is, but I do try to, to diagnose the problem and get back to them. That way they're not bouncing around all over to 800 different people, right? So that is, um, that's the the long and short version of, of what I do. And again, I mean, announcing is is really, really and truly is only a very, very, very small fraction of, of what I do. Now, do a lot of a lot of tracks uh, come to Flow Racing uh, to try and get them to, to cover? Or- really, yeah, there there really are, man. Um, it's uh, it, and it's good and bad, right? Like, and 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 again, I say this just being very candid with you guys. We we would love to have you know twice as much as what we have now, too. Um, the the that's the that's the again, if you look at the scale, you know, that's that's one side of it. The other side, kind of balance that out, though. Um, you have to take a look at your resources, right? And, and what's available. That's not necessarily just resources in terms of money. That's resources in terms of other conversations that, that we've had here in terms of camera folks, in terms of equipment and, and everything else. There's only so many capable camera people of going out and, and doing this. Um, and and uh, <laughs> the first time you put someone out there that's not capable or the first time a broadcast goes down because the equipment isn't up to par, that's not a reflection on the track that, that comes back on us. Right. And so it's a balancing act in, in trying to determine what is um, what you have the resources and capability to do. Um, but, but what you, what there's interest in as well. And, and just trying to balance all of that out. And again, we've, we've been approached by a lot, lot more folks um, than, than what we have. And, we, and again, we would love to do all of them, but we also don't want to do, those folks or that series of disservice by maybe not providing a broadcast that's not not up to snuff and, and vice versa as well. Um, you know, it, it, it works both ways. It's reflection on them, reflection on us. I, I, I really and truly, and again, this isn't a Homer statement, I, I really and truly believe Flow's probably at the best point that it's ever been in right now in terms of finding that balance with some really good national stuff, again, like Lucas Oil, like the All-Star Sprints, like USAC, Tons of really good asphalt stuff. The NASCAR weekly racing stuff we have. We've got, uh, we, we just announced a few weeks ago, we got, the, we got the Cars Tour. The Dale Earnhardt Jr. is back and we have Smart Modifies. So some really good stuff on both sides on, on kind of a national level um, or with national recognition or national flavor to it. And then some really, really great regional stuff too, right? We've got Comp Cam's late models. We've got uh, Ray Cook's uh, Spring and Southern Nationals, IRA Sprints, ASCS Sprints. So I think it's a really neat balance of things that, that we have that, uh, in no disrespect to any others, but it's it's really and truly different from what most other folks are offering right now too. What about I've, seen, I've seen some startups too that uh, seem to be doing an okay job. So it's more than just the big two. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's, there's a lot that the, the, it's really funny right now because five years ago, everything was pay-per-view, right? There was not, there was not this buy a yearly subscription, watch it all for $150 or whatever. It was $20 for this race, $40 for this one, right? Absolutely. Here, 39 there. And everybody, and, and everybody complained, why can't we just get one, one subscription, one, you know, so 
that was it's slowly but surely that was the model everyone shifted to. Um, now a lot of the track owners and promoters are thinking, oh, wait a minute, if, if we do or if we do some sort of pay-per-view deal, we maybe we can get more money back out of it versus going with someone else. And so that's why you see, Ron, some of these other ones kind of popping up and, and doing things like that. Certainly not a bad model, but I, I think that what they end up quickly finding out is there's a lot more to it than just setting a person up oh, on, a, I'm sure. on a, on a, on a, on scaffolding with a, with a, a tripod and, and video. Because again, the first time that, uh, that video goes down, you get a whole new set of problems that, uh, that you're looking at or the first time someone uh, has a credit card issue, right. With trying to buy that again, you got a whole other set of problems to go through. And so I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's a sign of my age and getting wiser, but the older I get, the more I realize that, that my time is worth some money as well and, and I just yeah. I want to go with with not just uh not just the simplest that I can go with I want to go with the best um the, the the best that I can go with that's going to elevate myself or my company or my racetrack or whatever it is that, that I have a stake in how many uh local weekly tracks uh, does flow cover approximately <laughs> man that's a that's a great question that I don't know the answer to um I can tell you that we have in terms of racing, we partner with about 200 different, again, series and tracks and organizations, et cetera. And, and, and even that is um, kind of a broad swing, right? NASCAR is a great example because, I mean, under under that NASCAR weekly racing banner, you know, we, we've got 12 or 15 racetracks there. Um, in, in terms of, of uh, dirt tracks, gosh, um, I hesitate to mention any because I'm sure that I'm going to leave a few out, but uh, – I mean, we've got all the Port Royal stuff weekly. Um, Marshalltown, Iowa is one of my favorite racetracks. We have their stuff weekly. We had Lincoln, Pennsylvania weekly. We, we've actually worked with them to back that down to about 10 select events at Lincoln throughout the course of the year. Um, Brett Deo, uh, we, we've got all of his racetracks weekly. So that's Utica, Rome, Fonda, Georgetown, and then, of course, his short track super series as well. Um, Port City, which is weekly micro racing out in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have their stuff weekly. So um, th- there's a lot of them. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting several, right? Not intentionally, but I'm, I'm, in the essence of time, you know, those are some of the ones that cover multiple different aspects and layers of racing that we have. And again, we could have um, really and truly, we could have a lot more than that. But it, it, again, it's finding that balance of, of what works for what works for us, but also what works for them as well. And and providing a quality product for the people that are watching at home. And, and look, and, and getting back to another, another point we had not taking butts out of seats, right? Um, you know, that, that's not the business we're in because look, if, 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 if anybody flow, dirt vision, speed sport, whoever, if, if we're not, if, if we're taking butts out of seats, um, not only is that not good for the track, that's not good for us either um, because that means that track is probably teetering and, and mm-hmm. I mean, there's a possibility they may not be around. Well, that's certainly not good for us. We're not in the business to, run anybody out of business right it's quite the opposite we want to we want to showcase the tracks in the best light that we can possibly showcase them in again going back to our earlier conversation so that we can get people out to these tracks so that people watching at home talking about this right? showing these tracks in the best spotlight we can show them in so somebody can say hot dog i gotta get to oakshade some saturday night and and watch these guys you know watch uh, Devin Shields go out and battle Rusty Schlank and, and, you know, these other guys for, for, and Ron Miller for a late model win, you know, did you, did you Google these names ahead of time? (laughs) No, I I still, I look, I stay, I still stay very, very, very connected with my, uh, uh, with my Northwest Ohio roots. I read, I read Oakshade's results, uh, religiously every week. I read Attica's results religiously every week. Um, 
Uh, Lima Land, I, I still check out Lima Land's results. Waynesfield, when they have a race, I, I do. I, I Fremont, I, I really stay, I really try to stay connected with that stuff as, as much as I can. When do you sleep? <laughs> Overrated. What's, what's sleep, yeah. right? What's sleep? <laughs> Well, mention, uh, I'm sure there's some of our listeners that, that probably don't have flow. If uh, somebody wanted to get flow, since we've been talking about it so much, you go go ahead and, uh, and plug your product. Give yourself a commercial. Yeah. Give myself a commercial break. It's, uh, it's, it's super easy. You can go to either flowsports.com or flowracing.com. It's F-L-O, as you can see on the banner back here behind me, the Flow Racing Night in America banner. Uh, it, it's flow racing. It's 150 bucks for, for the entire year. That gives you all access to everything. It's, it's not, there's no pay-per-view models. We don't hold any races back that, that 150 gets you access to, um, other than the Kings Royal, every event at Eldora, it gives you access to the gateway dirt nationals, it gives you access to every all-star sprint race, access to every single USAC race, both USAC national and USAC West coast. It gives you access to IRA sprints, uh, comp cams, late models, NASCAR weekly racing. I mean, there's at last count, we there was well over 2000 races over the course of a calendar year. It, it was it, it was at one point up above, I think, 2400. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, that's more racing than I will ever watch. In my entire life. <laughs> is it also doesn't it? Uh, I don't know if it still is, but I thought that Flow actually has other sports as well. And yeah, you have access yeah, to that. It, is, yeah, like, Flow's uh, actually ECHL got- hockey. You're exactly right. Yep. Yes. Flo's actually got to, yeah, go wheeling nailers, by the yep. way. Toledo walleye. <laughs> walleye. I've seen, I've seen many nailers and walleye game in, in my time. But Did uh, they yeah, see something that the nailers are folding after this year? Ah, uh, boy, I hope not. I thought I saw something like a month ago, but it might have been. Uh-oh. Anyway, inside it might be inside information. I don't think it was inside information. I saw it on a Facebook post, so I thought it had to be true. Oh, it had to be real. <laughs> if you read it on Facebook, it's got to be yes, true. Yes, exactly. No, Flow, you're exactly right. Flow's got a lot of other sports Flow hockey, Flow wrestling, Flow track, Flow volleyball, Flow football. Um, th- there's a ton of stuff on there that, that really and truly is enough to satisfy any sports fan. And again, I, I don't, I don't really want to sound like a Homer, um, but uh, it is. Uh, yes. Thank you, Dave. The best $150. That you've ever spent. But, uh, but it, it, it really, truly, it really and truly is in, in a day and age where a lot of people are kind of cutting the cord to TV and things like that. If, if you are a sports fan of any kind um, racing aside, I, I really, I firmly believe in my heart that uh, that flow is, is a, is a great resource to watch a lot of cool stuff. And, and it's, and it's underrepresented, stuff as well right and the people that work in it are super passionate about what we do um it, it's not just one guy that likes racing that, that is working in racing you know the the football stuff are people that love football the jujitsu stuff are people that love jujitsu the grappling stuff's people that love grappling right so these people that, that, that work at flow my colleagues they're really really passionate about their sports and and as you guys know and, and probably everyone watching at home uh, knows too when you're really passionate about something that you like i think that passion bleeds through into the work that you you do and, and it makes a better product and I, I firmly believe that how close are you guys to uh getting some in-car cameras man it's funny that you say that that conversation actually just came up um about a month ago or so so we so we did a uh so we did a test on that at eldora um back in 2020 when we had the replacement races right mm-hmm. um when when they had the uh not the dream they had the stream and not the world 100 they have the intercontinental classic 
Um, the reason we were able to pull it off there at that at those particular events is because there was less than 500 people on the grounds, right? There's, you know, you don't have you don't have 25,000 people there all on their cell phones and everything else. So the reception, the ability to transmit that into, you know, into our the the mobile production studio was a lot easier um, to try to do that at an event where you've got any more people than that on the grounds is, uh, is almost impossible. It, at least with the, with the technology that the groups like flow and, and again, Speedsport and dirt vision and some of these others have right now, it, it's coming. Um, it will come at some point, but to the point of, of the conversation that we've had here today, at least on our side on flow, we're not going to do anything if it's, if we know it's not a hundred percent, you know, we, we could go out there. We could honestly, we could go out there and try it right now. Right. But uh, we're not going to do it unless we know that it's, that it's up to our standards and, and going to um, really add to a broadcast and add value to the viewers at home. I thought that the driver's eye camera that NASCAR has showcased yes. the last couple of weeks pretty amazing yeah that's awesome man that, that is really cool it's not above the helmet it's not on the side it's, but it, it's right you know, yeah. it's, it's a camera what they say as big as is like your pinky nail Tiny, or something. yeah yeah that's that's like it's literally like like right here like right between their eyes i think mounted on their yes you know, on their on their helmet and so that's um that's that's super cool that's awesome especially like at daytona uh, it really gave you a, a feel for the banking of the racetrack, uh, how close the cars were, and even kind of how the, the vibration and the bumps. Yes, absolutely, the vibration exactly. You don't get that at the dirt on dirt tracks at all, though. Never, no, oh, never. Every racetrack super smooth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Dustin, we appreciate the uh, the time. Before we let you go, though, I want to mention that uh, usually our guests go on to win their next race. So, assuming we can resurrect the celebrity charity race. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on. We expect Flo to cover it. That's right, we yes. do that. yes. we'll, have to, we'll have to work out some deal with that uh, for some Listen, Flo I've, coverage. I've spent a lot of time talking about what a quality product we I can't think of any better quality product than the than the celebrity charity race <laughs> upstate, right? I mean that's yeah. that just that that is top that's top of the line stuff right there. That that all happened just because I wanted an excuse to get in a race car when I was announcing. <laughs> It worked for a few years. It and worked then, for a few years yeah. until until we went out there and destroyed cars, and then it never happened again. So, <laughs> well, like I said, people's memories may not be that long. So uh, that's right. That's exactly right. We'll, we'll see what we can. Well, do. I mean, and we'd probably have a dozen drivers. Oh yeah, well, let's put DJ in the car. Well, they've already you've already had offers. So I've I mean, got that's had offers there. right now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it, even if. Even if Flo can't do it live, I mean, we expect at least a, a packaged presentation. Oh no, I want it. the whole thing, man! I want it to be live. <laughs> I want, I want the helmet cam right between oh, my yeah. eyes. Oh I yeah, go all in. <laughs> there you go. That could be the debut of the in-car camera. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, that answers your your Raina's question there. She wants to know when you're coming back to uh, yes. When am I? When am I coming back to Oakshade? It's been a few years. I had to look. It was uh, it was 2020. I think the last time I was there. So it's been it's been a couple of years since I since I was at the shade. Okay, I miss everybody there. I miss all of you. I miss you guys, Aww. the Henricks. I miss the, the drivers up there. It's uh, yeah, I really and truly do because it's as as both of you know. I mean, uh, back when I was in, at the house announcer Eldora from 2010 to, to 15, um, when we weren't racing on a Saturday, I mean, I would I would come to Oakshade, you know. I would come to Oakshade, and I was still doing some writing and, and you know stuff for Dirt on Dirt back then as well. So, but uh, 
I do. I, I miss it. The the folks there, Attica, those tracks. Uh, that, that those again. I mentioned earlier. Those places will still have a. They'll, they'll always have a special place in my heart. Um, I I should ask you this. Um, you know, because Rick Eshelman used to do Eldora as well. Did you work uh, with Rick directly? Yeah, yeah. Rick and I. Uh, uh, Several different times over the course of the years, yeah, we we did. Um, Rick and I were were pretty good friends, actually. He would um, we, we worked together um, at Eldora, like the Dream and World, those first few years. Um, we uh, we collaborated on a few other events after that as well. That, that we were we were streaming, you know, live on Dirt on Dirt back before uh, Dirt on Dirt was acquired by Flow. And um, yeah, Rick and I Rick and I got to be actually pretty close. Uh, he would. Um, he would call me often in between uh, racetracks more specifically because he knew that, that much like him, I had an affinity for old closed racetracks. Right. And that, as you guys probably know, that was one of his passions. And so he would, uh, it would not be out of the ordinary uh, for my phone to just randomly ring in the middle of the day someday. And I looked down and he's calling and uh, he was just looking to kill time in between visiting a couple old abandoned racetracks. He would, he would tell me all about the tracks, uh, the track that he found or track that he went to and, and uh, everything else. The other time that he would call me would be uh, if Blair Nodorf out of Renner, South Dakota was racing. Uh, we, we nicknamed him Snowdrift way back yes. in the day. Rick was a big, as you guys know, Rick was a big, big, big nickname guy. He oh, wanted yeah. to give yeah. everybody a nickname, right? And so, and he and I always talked about that, but he loved that nickname for Blair Nodorf. He loved calling, he loved that we called him Snowdrift. And so anytime that Nodorf would be at a race that he was calling, Rick would immediately pick the phone du- during registration, mind you, and call me and be like, DJ, Snowdrift is in the house. And so that, <laughs> uh, that was, uh, you know, it, it's little That's things right. like that, right, that you miss about someone. It, they're the obvious things, like working together and announcing together and things like that. But the the Snowdrift phone calls and then the, the phone calls in between, um, you know, those abandoned racetracks, those are those are admittedly the things that, that I probably miss most about Rick. Speaking of abandoned racetracks, that's where I first, I first started announcing was with him at uh, Millstream. Oh, my, yeah. Flag City at the time. Yeah. Um, it's but, not uh, abandoned. It's just sleeping. It's, 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 it's. I know a guy that tried to resurrect that a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, do, so do we. We know several <laughs> guys that have tried to resurrect it. We were even involved in part of it. So, yeah. And anyways. I thought, uh, I thought honestly, Scott, I thought you were going to say Brian. I thought Brian might have been where you got your start. That was going to be my next question was, uh, what about Brian Motor Speedway? Do you remember Brian? I never, so I, I went and visited, the, that was one, I, I, that was an abandoned track that I visited right back in, gosh, probably 2003. Uh, I went up and checked out what was left of it, but that was not that's pretty sad. Yeah, I never got to see a race there. And that was, I mean, again, I only lived in Northwest Ohio from um, 04 to 14. So for about 10 years, right? But uh, so, it, I mean, it, it had closed before the time that I got there. But I, I did get to go to the site of the track once. We moved to Bryan from the Cleveland area in like 81, I think it was. And somehow we ended up like a mile from the track. So my dad would take me there every yeah. Sunday night and we go watch the races. But we moved away in 87, so I, I was still in high school, not announcing or anything. So it was closed well before I, I started any of that. I did, like you, I did get to call a few races at uh, at Millstream, though, um, for uh, for Dean, back when Dean Miracle. Uh, right. Okay. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of the other closed ones. I visited Scutch one time, uh, long after it closed. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, McCutcheonsville. Yeah. Um, again, never got to see a race there because it closed before I was, before I was up that, uh, before I was up that way. Well, that guy, uh, I think it was Dean Plaxus or something had, had purchased it. And I thought it was, uh, on its way to being reopened and then it fell yeah. apart. Yeah. Tough, tough to do now anymore. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's, it, <laughs> all the respect in the world to anybody that, that promotes a racetrack, even more respect to anybody that, that either opens a new track or resurrects a racetrack, because it's, as we talked about earlier, again, it's not easy. It is not easy at all. Requires lots of money. That is. Yes. Oh, hey, you know, you know how you make a small fortune, right? Is you start, start with, with a big one with a big one and get a racetrack and then you're left <laughs> with a small one. There you go. <laughs> well, Dustin, I, we should probably wrap this up. Uh, I, we could probably talk for another couple hours, but uh, I appreciate it. Sure. Appreciate the time. If uh, Flow Racing ever wants to be a sponsor of the show, let me know. We can. Oh, uh, I see. I see what you did there. <laughs> hey, I give you some free advertising. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So what's uh, what's the next event that's coming up on Flow? Oh gosh, next big uh, we, event. We have uh, we we have literally got something. Um, I mean, you're looking uh, it up right now, aren't every you? Every single day of the week, I am looking it up right <laughs> because I don't. We've got, we've actually got Ray Cook's uh, Spring Nationals this weekend um, from uh, Swainsboro and Sonoy, I believe, and those actually might be sneaky good races. They both pay ten thousand to win. Um, some other stuff, World of Outlaws at Smoky Mountain got rained oh, out. So yeah. if if Ray's able to get those races in at ten thousand dollars to win. We might have some sneaky, uh, sneaky good fields uh, with those. The next, uh, the next really, really big one is probably going to be that um, uh, outside of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series coming up. Um, actually, here in Ohio at Atomic, Atomic, yeah, Atomic, and then Brownstown, yeah. Indiana. Um, after that, again, it's probably going to be that that Larson Suite, that high limit race out in Tulare, California, coming up on March twenty first, a Tuesday. If it doesn't get snowed out, oh my gosh, uh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> I mean. I have literally, I've been, after, after seeing the weather at Fontana um, this past weekend, I've been trying to stalk the future forecast, and I probably shouldn't have done that because now I'm sitting here thinking, God, i got to pack for like all four seasons just to go yeah. out there, you know? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's stores. Just bring shorts yeah, if you need you know, pants. Uh, look, one of these days, one of these days it's going to happen. One of these days I am going to go on one of these racing trips where I'm working, and I'm actually going to have to buy another suitcase just to haul my junk back home because I've had to go out and buy extra layers of clothes. <laughs> People have given me shirts and polos and and everything else to take home. It hasn't happened yet, but but it's been it's been real close a few times. How many uh, how many racers shirts have you purchased or acquired? Have I, have I purchased zero? Have I been I given acquired. a million? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I and, and here's the thing, and, and I don't know if I don't know if you're like this or not. I, I this is no disrespect to any of the racers, but um, you know, a lot of times I'll wear those around home and everything else. I, I really try not to wear them to the racetrack, right? Because the last thing I ever want to do is I, I don't want someone to alienate like, somebody. Yeah, and and because I, I I am not, and I say that in 100% honesty, right? Because as as you know, Scott, from doing this, and Ron, you know this from from being a racer too. Really and truly, you become friends with just about all those guys, right? I mean, 95, 99% of the guys in the pit area, you end up becoming friends with whether you race, whether you announce or whatever else. And, and that's the truth. That's how it is with my life. I'm, I'm super fortunate that I can call most of those guys and their crews and their families, my friends. And so I don't want to, I don't want to walk around the pits with a, um, with a Devin Moran t-shirt, for example, and then have, have someone say, Oh, DJ, he's a big Devin Moran homer. You know, I, I knew it because, you know, you know how it is. We get that all the time, right? Bobby Pierce is Bobby Pierce is a great example. 
half the people out there say, oh, they love Pierce. He's, you know, he's all they talk about. The other half of the people are saying, they never talk about Bobby Pierce. How come they're not mentioning him? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't win. I just, you can't win. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I understand the, the not showing favoritism. Yeah, so you know what? I found the best thing to do is just throw on a flow racing shirt, go yeah. about my business, and uh, still mm-hmm. even then you might piss off half the people. You just never know. Flow racing? I don't like that streaming service. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> all right, Dustin, uh, we, we got to let you go. <laughs> It's all good. I already told you. I already told you I don't sleep. So, <laughs> real quick, Andy King wants to know what size shirt. Oh yeah, here we go. See, that'll be another one for me to wear around the house. Andy, I'm a medium. I mean, he's got my number. He can. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he'll text me in just a minute, anyways. So. Have you been to uh, Andy's uh, dirt truck track dirt track truck series events? Uh, I. Um, I have seen them a time or two over the last few years. Yeah. And every time he's always on me, it was kingdom County just uh, last year or two years ago, he was on me. I got an extra truck, man. You need to go out there and run one of these trucks. (laughs) One of these days, Andy, one of these days it'll happen. (laughs) Yeah. Do that race first before the celebrity charity race. That way you can get your win out of the way. I need to get warmed up. I need to get warmed up is what it is. You know, it's, it's been a few years. I'm pretty, I'm pretty rusty right now, Scott. Well, if and maybe if Andy's got enough uh, trucks, um, and I don't know, Oakshade hasn't released her schedule yet, so I don't know if there's a dirt track truck series event on the schedule this year or not. Maybe we could work something out. Well, I may yeah. need all of his trucks actually. If I go out and you know, barrel roll <laughs> one in hot laps, nope. I'll, go step, I'll go step in another one for the heat race. <laughs> all right, no hot laps for Dustin. That solves that problem. All right, man, you take care. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. And and I promise I'll try to get up there and see you guys at some point this year. All right. Sounds DJ, good. Sounds I good. think we'll have you back. Uh, you, I, I we've had so. a lot of fun. I had you a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys and what you do for the sport as well. All right, man. Thank you. All you right. Keep up thanks, the good guys. work. We'll see you. See you, buddy. There you go. Dustin Jarrett from Flow Racing. And, uh, yeah, I still have a voice. I'm making it through here. Yeah. Um, got some uh, pizza to uh, get rid of. Uh, I was just reading one of the posts here. I remember DJ announcing at Muskegon, poking fun at Andy for breaking his clutch in his heat race after half tracking the field. He wouldn't make fun of anybody. Like nah. Nah. A um, uh, little bit of uh, racing roundup from this uh, past weekend. Former guest Justin Peck uh, finished second on opening night of the Icebreaker 30 at Lincoln Speedway in Pennsylvania. That was uh, last Thursday night. <clears throat> on Sunday at Lincoln, he finished one spot better by winning the feature. Event. NASCAR action this past weekend. John Hunter Nemechek uh, won the rain-delayed Production Alliance Group 300 Auto, Auto Club uh, Speedway on Sunday after the cup race, which was run, won by Kyle Busch um, on Sunday afternoon. That was pretty a, a pretty well-received uh, win, too, Scott. You know, he didn't get booed like normal. No, he really didn't. And then uh, I guess there is a lot of uh, social media backlash uh, towards Joe Gibbs racing saying, Haha, you let him go. Look what you did. You made a mistake. But yeah. And then Danny Hamlin was like, No, shut up. It was time. It's a lot of drama there. Yeah. I mean, I get you can't, I mean, like him or hate him, he's, he's a good driver. He gets the job done. So, and I do like his new number. That's all I can say now. You would. 
Uh, make sure to call Big D's Pizza and Clyde, 419-547-1444. Order online at orderbigdspizza.com. Check out the uh, new gourmet Reuben Bites with your choice of dipping sauce, just $5.99. They also have uh, the seafood specials uh, for Lent going on as well. Big D's in Clyde, big in taste, not on price. And Ron Miller Race Cars in Lambertville, 734-856-7223. That's uh, where you are right now in Lambertville. It is. Yeah. Uh, give them a call for anything you need, race cars, parts, safety equipment, uh, seat belts, whatever. I'm in the executive offices of Ron Miller Race Cars. Yeah, with just a, a few little trophies behind you there, huh? Yeah, a couple. All right. Latest racing news. Uh, just a little bit of uh, racing news here. After Tony Stewart... Uh, um, I don't know why I have. I can't help you with that, Scott. No, for some reason, my I, I was a little foggy when I was doing my prep earlier <laughs> this week. Uh, Tony Stewart will race full time in the uh, Superstar Racing Experience uh, season. Stewart, uh, three time NASCAR Cup Series champion, 1997 IndyCar champion, and SRX co owner, will return to the series full time for his third season. Uh, Stewart claimed the inaugural SRX championship in 2021 and finished fourth last season. Other full-time SRX racers uh, this year include Marco Andretti, the defending champion, Paul Tracy, Ryan hunter Ray, Ryan Newman, Bobby Labonte, Haley Deegan, and Brad Keselowski. And then some other... Does that, does that mean that Tony Stewart is stepping away from his drag racing career? I don't believe so. Oh. Apparently, he just won't be drag racing on Thursday nights uh, from, what is it, uh, July and August? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Barry Marlowe from Great Lakes uh, Super Sprints has released a 2023 schedule for I-96 Speedway up there in Michigan, as previously reported by us and probably other people. Um, Barry has uh, rented the facility and will be promoting events there this season starting on Friday, April 21st. That show will have the uh, Great Lakes Super Sprints, UMP UMP late models, excuse me, and uh, mini wedges. There's going to be nine nights of racing altogether. Uh, and that'll wrap up the final race on August 18th with the Great Lakes Super Sprints again, the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, the Midwest Dirt Compact Touring Series, and mini wedges. Uh, other classes on the schedule include the IMCA Modifieds and Pro Stocks. Full schedule can be seen on the I-96 Facebook page. For uh, 2023, NASCAR has just announced changes in an attempt to fix uh, the package to fix the package for most short tracks, uh, as well as road courses. The low downforce package is what they're going to be using. It's going to have two inches less rear spoiler than last year. So instead of four, it's down to two. Um, and uh, some other adjustments will uh, that package uh, will make its debut at Phoenix. Um, package uh, that they're going with there was one that most drivers preferred. However, tracks such as Dover, Worldwide Technology Raceway, and Bristol Motor Speedway will not use this new low, low downforce package. Okay. Yeah. Supposedly, they're trying to make the racing better. I don't know if that always works. More right. manipulation. Yes, <laughs> exactly. No hammer down uh, hotline uh, messages uh, this week. If you uh, would like to call, text, uh, do either. It's 419-318-3081. That's 419-318-3081. Call, text, anytime. And uh, if it's racing related, we'll bring it up on the show next week. Yeah. Yeah. 
How about we uh, give away some pizza? Yeah, it's time. It is time. How many? This week, uh, or actually last week's how many was how many cars uh, we're going to finish on the lead lap of the cup race. And uh, that number was a lot lower than uh, a lot of people thought. Yeah. Do you remember what you said? You said uh, 37. Yep. And I said 36. And the actual you win. 20. 20 cars finished on the lead lap. They actually had the uh, the biggest crash ever, or the crash involving the most cars ever at uh, California in its history. They definitely had a big one. Took out, I think, eight cars. That was on that uh, restart, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the biggest crash at uh, California Motor Speedway, or Auto Club, I should say. And uh, that was the final race. They're going to be uh, reconfiguring that to the half mile, as they've been talking about for the past few years, and it's going to take a couple years. So California will be without a uh, race in 2024, I do believe. Yeah, that was supposed to be their their swan song. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so our listener winner was uh, technically Dean Henry. He picked 29. He was closest, but he owns the pizza shop. So uh, Kurt Dickey was next closest with 30 was his number. So congratulations, Kurt Dickey. You have 30 days to claim your pizza from Big D's Pizza in Clyde. Uh, this week's how many? Just because uh, doing something different, IndyCar is making uh, their debut, uh, their season debut, I should say, this uh, weekend. How many uh, IndyCars? are going to finish on the lead lap of their uh, season opener at St. Petersburg, Florida on Sunday. I have to choose, don't I? Yes, you do. You uh, were the big winner. Yeah, I don't even know how many are starting, so I'm going to go with uh I'm going to go with lucky 13. I'm going 14. <laughs> All right, if uh, you want a chance to win a Big D's pizza, just uh, put your guess, just put a number in our Facebook live comments or our YouTube live comments. Whoever's closest, doesn't matter if you go over or under, you will win a Big D's pizza next week. And if we uh, have a tie, you, you can guess the same number as someone else. We will spin the Big D's pizza wheel to break that tie and determine the winner. So Dean Henry did good last week, and uh, he's picking 21. That's pretty, it seems like a lot of cars. But I guess it is a road course. But they I don't run. think they do the lucky dog, though. No, they don't. I don't know. I have no idea what it's going to be. Um, racing action uh, coming up this weekend. This weekend, Big D's Pizza Racing Menu. So as uh, Dustin mentioned earlier tonight, uh, the World of Outlaw Case Construction Late Model Series was uh, set to run the Tennessee tip-off. Tomorrow and Saturday, that has been uh, postponed, I guess we can say, due to the unstable weekend forecast that includes the potential for thunderstorms, high winds, and the possibility of heavy rains. Um, Tennessee tip-off at Smoky Mountain Speedway will now be run on Thursday, March 16th. So uh, it's going to be one-day event instead of two. World of Outlaw NASA Energy Drink uh, Sprint Car Series set to be in action for the Low E Insulation Spring Showdown at Volusia Speedway Park. That's on uh, Sunday and Monday, March 5th and 6th. NASCAR Tr Craftsman Truck Series back in action at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Friday night for the Victoria's Voice Foundation 200. That'll be at 9 p.m. on FS1. 
Xfinity Series. Uh, they'll have the Osco Uniforms 300 at Las Vegas. That's going to be Saturday, 4.30 p.m. on FS1. And uh, Cup Series Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube at Las Vegas on Sunday at 3.30. And that race uh, should be on Fox. Of course, all these times Eastern for our listeners yeah. in Australia. Eastern U.S., I should say. Uh, and the NTT IndyCar Series makes uh, their season debut with the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg in St. Petersburg, Florida. That's on Sunday at noon on NBC. So, and uh, there's the all-wheels. Boy, that's uh, kind of tough for the folks in California. That race comes off at 9 in the morning. Yeah. Um, the all wheels, uh, swap meets going on at Fremont this weekend, right, Ron? It is. Okay. So don't forget all days. I, I think, uh, if you want to uh, have a spot, you can load in on Friday. It's Saturday only. Okay. And speaking of, uh, how many, uh, if, uh, you're listening to us on the podcast on uh, Spotify or Apple podcasts, whatever, or wherever. Yeah. yeah. Once you're done listening, which you'll be done in just a couple of minutes because we're about done here, uh, head on over to our Facebook page or the YouTube uh, channel and uh, find the video for Thursday night show. Put your guests in as long as it's before noon Eastern time on Sunday, right up till race time. Then uh, you can get your guests in. After 12.01, though, it's too late. Sounds fair to me. There you go. You can get your chance to win that Big D's pizza. Big thanks to uh, our associate producer, Dave Kemmer, this week uh, for helping out while I was uh, very foggy. Suffering from cooties. Cooties, yes. First time getting cooties since the cootie pandemic began. So now I got it out of the way. It's all good. Uh, Also, thanks to contributors Matt Swander, John Young, Doug Dock, Bob Stazak. Make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Hammer Report. Follow us on YouTube. Listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Check us out at HammerDownRacingReport.com. If you want to be a sponsor, we got sponsorship information on there. You can check out the the shows on there. Everything you need to know. Um, Also, make sure to rate and review us. Share us with your friends. It helps us out with all those weird social media algorithms thanks to our sponsors including our brand new one make sure to support dcr graphics if you're a race car driver and uh getting your car ready for this year you need a, a nice wrap give dcr graphics a call also thanks to big d's pizza oakshade raceway ron miller race cars freeze frame photos and headhunters barber studio and salon thanks do we again. know if, do we do we know if dcr graphics has a facebook page they do facebook.com uh, slash dcr graphics there we go. Graphics spelled normally. ICS at the end. It's some other graphics places do an IX. Not that. So, thanks again to uh, our guest, Dustin Jarrett. It was great talking to him. Uh, we'll have uh, another great guest next week on the show. Tune in uh, live Thursday, 7 o'clock. We'll be back. And uh, hopefully, Ron will be back in the studio. In this studio. Uh, I'm ready. You ready? Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, well, I'll have to make sure that uh, all the cooties are gone, but I think I'm off of my my restrictions as of tomorrow. So. Ooh. Yeah. So I'll see you next week. Yes, we will. And everybody Thanks else. Thanks for the listening, folks. See ya. 
You have been listening to the Hammerdown Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.